Our today's reading is taken from the Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 5, chapter 6, from verse 5 to 14. And when you pray, do not be like people, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the streets from us to be seen by ours. Surely I tell you, they have received their rewards in full. But when you pray, go into our room, cross the door, and pray to your Father who is in sin. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, rewards you. And when you pray, do not keep on burping like the pagans. For they think they will be in heart because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. This then is how you should be friend. Our Father in heaven, hello be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth. As it, is, as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debt as you also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. This is what the word of God. So it is um, a real pleasure to be with you this morning. If you haven't met me before, my name is Philippa and I am curate here at the Martyrs. So today we are starting a new sermon series of David's Adventures earlier, based around the Lord's Prayer, that prayer of all prayers. Now, Stephen Croft, Bishop of Oxford, says that the Lord's Prayer reminds us that in the end, God holds the end of the story. God will bring all things to completion. God will watch over us through this life and welcome us beyond death into the life to come. It reminds us that God is over all and in everything and that all manner of things will be well. His words remind me quite firmly that God is at the centre of this prayer. They are not just words that we say, but they place God at the centre of all things, the centre of our world, the centre of our lives. This prayer, the Lord's Prayer, has been used now by millions of people across the world for over 2,000 years, there probably isn't a single moment on earth when somebody isn't praying the Lord's Prayer. It's not amazing. And I find real comfort in knowing that when I say the words of the Lord's Prayer, my prayer is shared by people across the world from many different backgrounds. Since the beginning of Christianity, the Lord's Prayer has played an important part in the lives of Jesus' disciples. It provides words that guide us in how we should speak to God. But it is also part of our scriptures. This prayer is precious because 
God's pleased, God's inspired. It is God's word to us as his people. So when we say the Lord's Prayer, we are not only speaking to God, but God is speaking to us. Many centuries ago, in the early-ish days of the church, when Christians were first learning about the faith and what it meant to their lives, people would prepare for baptism over a period of two or three years. It's a really big thing. And the final part of their preparation would take place in Lent, ready for their baptism on Easter Sunday. We did baptism here on Easter Sunday. It was quite an amazing thing. During this time of preparation, they had been taught the greatest treasures of the Christian faith, one of the most important being the prayer that we know today as the Lord's Prayer. At this time, the prayer was only taught to and said by Christians, by followers of Christ. It was, of course, a time before printed books, before the internet, so you couldn't look the prayer up, you couldn't read it from a page. It needed to be memorised, learned from heart, shared within a Christian family, and passed down from generation to generation. I tried, unsuccessfully, I must say, to find statistics about how many people know the Lord's Prayer today. I don't know the answer, but I suspect that outside our normal worshipping communities, the answer is probably fewer than I would think. And my husband talks about being forced to learn the Lord's Prayer at school, being punished if they got a single word out of place. And um, I think for him it's, yeah, it's like a bit of a bad, bad taste, bad feeling about the, the prayer. Myself, I don't remember learning the Lord's Prayer. I don't ever remember a time in my life when I didn't know the Lord's Prayer. It has always been part of my life, part of my faith, something I say in church, something I say with other people, something that I say when I'm on my own. Maybe you can relate to this. Maybe you have learnt the Lord's Prayer in a different language that gives new insight into these ancient words. Maybe this prayer is new to you and you are still mulling over meaning. Or maybe you are so used to saying this prayer that you don't even think about it anymore. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be breaking the Lord's Prayer down, stopping to think about what it really means to pray for our Father, what it means for God's kingdom to come, to have our daily bread, to forgive and to be forgiven, to be delivered from evil, and to worship God as the source of all power and glory. But today, I want us just to stop for a moment and to think about why this prayer is so well used, so well known by Christians across the world. So, I'm going to ask you to do something now that I know will instill fill appear into the hearts of some of you. But I'd like you to turn to the people around you and just spend two minutes talking to the people you're sat next to about the Lord's Prayer, about what it means to you, how you use it, how you learn it, whether you stop to think about the words that you're saying, or whether they are so familiar to you that they just roll it off your tongue without any second thought. So, your two minutes start now. What does the Lord's Prayer mean to you? Hopefully that wasn't too scary. Would anybody like to feed back something that has come out of that conversation? You don't have to, but if you would like the opportunity to speak, this is your moment to do so. Absolutely. <laughs> Brilliant. 
Hello. Uh, yeah, so I'm being brave this morning. Uh, I thought I'd just share that. Um, God's with us no matter where we are, and uh, the Holy Spirit um, sometimes enables us to pray for other people. So uh, having time with fellowship and friends and praying on your own, whichever way you feel that you're led to and connected to God, God is with us no matter what. Absolutely. There is a reason why we are both the body of Christ to support and encourage each other, to help each other. Yeah. Did anybody else want to share anything? No. Lovely. Thank you very much. That's not since I'm afraid. You've still got to listen to me a bit longer. <laughs> so, when we're thinking about why the Lord's Prayer is important to us. I think the immediate and obvious answer is, of course, that this prayer was given to us by Jesus himself. It has been passed down by Christian believers throughout the centuries. It is the Lord's Prayer because our Lord, our Saviour, prayed these words himself and he's talking to his disciples. Now there are two accounts of Jesus teaching this prayer in the Gospels. In Luke, Jesus' disciples have seen him praying and they ask, if Jesus can teach them how to speak to God themselves. Humans have got such an ability to overcomplicate things, to distract ourselves, to procrastinate, to put things off for another day. And sometimes Jesus' stories are intentionally complex. They're intended to make us ponder on the meaning of his words and discover hidden depths of meaning. But here, in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus' answer is so simple, so practical. There are just six things that we need to do. Speak to your Father, tell God what is on your mind, what is in your heart. Pray that God's name will always be kept holy. Pray that God's kingdom will come here on earth, in heaven. Pray that we will be blessed with food that we need each day. That's the physical food that we need to keep our bodies alive, but also the spiritual food that we need to keep us going in our faith. Forgive our sins. That God forgives our sins, but that we can also forgive people around us when they hurt us. And finally, that we will be guided away from temptation. Now, in Matthew's Gospel, the version that we heard today, the setup for teaching is slightly different. It comes as part of the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus shares what came to be seen as the basic principles of Christian life. When you pray, Jesus says, don't be like the hypocrites. They love to stand in the synagogues and on the street corners, praying loudly. They want people to see them. The truth is, that is the reward they will get. Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. God knows what's in our hearts, and if our goal is to be seen as being pious and friendly through prayer, well, that's been achieved. A hypocritical person is someone who pretends to have moral standards or beliefs that they don't actually have or follow themselves. The word stems from the Greek word for actor, and it came to mean somebody who seeks public praise or is deceitful, somebody who is going through the motions of praying. It doesn't really mean the words. Now, I had to stop and think about this really hard as I was preparing to speak today because I know, if I'm honest, that there are days when my mind is somewhere else and the words of prayer come out of my mouth, but they don't always connect to my heart. I also know that there are times when I have found faith really hard 
And the words that I need to say to God have felt like they are way beyond my grasp. And at those times, I know that I have been held within the familiarity of liturgy and prayer, and that that very familiarity has connected to me with God and my church family when it just wasn't in me to do it myself. So Jesus isn't forbidding public prayer. I don't think he's even necessarily saying that we need to mean every word that we say in the very moment. But I do think that we need to want to mean every word that we say. Without a word coming out of our lips, God knows what's in our hearts and the reasons behind our prayers. And so the condemnation is on those whose goal it is to seek attention by the way that they pray. Because when we pray, we build relationship with God. And we can't build genuine relationship if we ourselves are not genuine. And that can mean giving thanks, it can mean praising God, rejoicing in the blessings that we have in our lives. But it can also be us saying, do you know what, God, things are really rubbish at the moment, God, and I am struggling. Our God is not a distant being, disconnected and disinterested in our lives. God loves us, he knows us and wants the very best for us. Now Jesus emphasises the need to pray for the right reason, but he also teaches that our prayers need to be said in secret. And it's confusing, isn't it? Because I really value praying with other people, and I have no doubt at all that my prayer life is stronger and richer for the ability to pray with other people. The key, again, is the motive behind our prayers. Is the intention to impress the people we pray with by the use of our beautiful language, our extensive knowledge of the world's problems? Or do we want to find support in our community of faith and to share with God what's on our hearts? Whatever we do, however we pray, wherever we pray, God should be our focus, not the attention of other people. It's that same message again. Your reward will be found where your goal is rooted. When you do things to God, your Father who sees you in secret will reward you. And it's not that we shouldn't be focusing our attention on impressing the people around us with our use of flowery language. But Jesus tells us we don't need to use the most long-winded language. And don't keep up um, the empty phrases as the Gentiles do, he says. But they think they will be heard because of their many words. We don't need to say the same thing over and over, or use 20 words when 10 will suffice. You speak to your Father, pray that God's name will be holy, that God's kingdom will come. Pray that we will be blessed with the food we need for each day. Forgive us our sins, help us to forgive other people, guide us away from temptation. And now I keep saying um, that these, this message is that simple. God knows it is on our hearts. In the Greco-Roman world, it was customary to address deities with long series of titles, listing and only descriptions upon gods to show courtesy and to attract attention, to increase the likelihood of a favourable response to prayer. In contrast, Jesus is teaching that his disciples don't need to approach the Father in this way, because God is not like a pagan deity. We don't need to petition God for our requests. We are already known. Because we are known. We are loved by a God who knows us intimately as his children. So Jesus teaches his disciples the Lord's Prayer as a positive example of how they are to pray. 
its centrality in the Sermon on the Mount speaks of the fundamental importance of prayer in Christian life. And it reminds us that whether we pray alone or with other people, our prayers are a form of personal communication with God. In any relationship, communication is essential to forming and maintaining relationships, and this is no different in our relationship with God. Prayer is not important because God requires our prayers, but because as humans we need to approach and relate to God in this way. When we pray, when we present ourselves and our concerns to God, it's not giving God an update about our situation, something that he doesn't know about. It's not a social media update. It's a way for us to open ourselves, to open our hearts to God and to allow God's activity to work within us. The point of prayer is not to win praise, but not to win adoration from the people around us, but to humble ourselves before God, who sees everything, inside and out anyway. God wants our words to mean something, and not just to be sentiments. And when you strip everything back, the purpose of our entire lives as Christians is about coming closer to God, seeing God and God's will for our world more clearly, loving God dearly, following God's plan for us and the world. And that's just what the Lord's prayer for us is for. And for that, I say, Amen.